Hey guys, how are you? Welcome to another episode of Your Next Stop. So this is a really interesting guest. Again, another clubhouse, which I know you guys are be like, oh my gosh, she's had everyone on that's clubhouse, but that's not true. If you really listen, it's not, but this is someone that's on clubhouse. And I know a tiny, tiny bit of her story and it is, it is fascinating. She's another podcaster. She's also an award-winning journalist. So welcome, Anna Titer. How are you? Hi, thank you. I'm very excited to be here. We've been scheduling and rescheduling for a while. And I was like, I, w- I want to do this. <laughs> really, I'm looking forward to this conversation. So I'm very excited to be here with you. Welcome to your next stop. This is Juliette Hahn. I am a wife, mom, virtual coach, public speaker, and crazy obsessed dog lover. I am so honored to be able to take you into the life of someone that has followed a passion. Every week, I hope you are as inspired as I am. Welcome to your next stop. Okay. So Anna, I want you to take us through, and if you have to go back a little bit of how, you know, you found your passion and then what you're doing with it now. I have to go back very, very far <laughs> to my childhood. That's okay. <laughs> because I grew up with parents who are both artistic, creative people. My uh, dad is an architect and he was, I grew up in Yugoslavia, which doesn't exist anymore. Now now we are Croatian <laughs> uh, after the war. And uh, my dad was very, very successful in his career and was an award-winning architect and very celebrated for that. And my mom is an amazing woman and she's the reason why I started my podcast, Thank You Mama, in which I talk about lessons we learn from our mothers. My mom was discovered at age 17 as a movie actress accidentally and became a movie star like a real movie star wow. you know her okay. face was on covers of magazines and she was gorgeous she was and she was equally talented as she was beautiful so she was also winning awards whatever movie new movie she would do she won awards but parallel to that she finished the academy of arts and became a visual artist and was equally successful with that. So she was she was designing children's books when she was not on film sets, and she was winning awards with that as well. Like she was so, so super creative. I mean, your parents were super, super creative, but also you know not only creative but also successful in it and fulfilled with it, and and recognized and and blossoming in these careers or passions of their theirs, I would say. And then everybody expected me in all schools always to follow their paths. Like nobody, none of my teachers would ever think about anything else for me but that, you know. Right. And when when I had to choose high school, it was just so normal. I'd go to the art. We had an art high school for, for young artists, which I did and loved it. And then the war broke out and I moved to Vienna, finished high school. I didn't speak German. So um, the American International School offered people or young students from Croatia scholarships to attend because we literally, you know, we we literally left one one suitcase and we're like, what now? Right. Um, So scary. It it was awful. But that that has to be terrible. It's a big topic for another podcast. It was really, it was terrible because the war was creeping in slowly. Like it started in other parts of Croatia. 
And we kind of knew it was coming, but we didn't want to accept it. We were like, no, 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 it won't happen here. You know, like right. in, the, in, in the capital, we were like, no, it will never, it's going to calm down. It's going to calm down. What? So can you just tell us what year that was? That was 91. Okay. That's what I was, I knew it was around there, but uh, yeah. so 1991. Okay. So 91. I, was, I was a, um, a junior in high school. So yeah. that's my, that's my third year in high school. So, okay. Yeah. I was sick. I was second. Okay, so we were second, around the same age. Yes, so I can't, where, can't, right? I can't even imagine my world being turned upside down like that. So that it, is, it was insane. It was insane. It was insane for two reasons. I, when I was nine, I was diagnosed with scoliosis, and I was they stuck me in those horrendous metal back braces, you know, that go yes. all the way, which are painful and horrible and like stigmatizing. You know, everybody always asks you about them and. Um, and it didn't help. So I had to have a be- very complicated back surgery where they put a long metal rod in my spine, basically. Oh. And that was two years before the war. That was when the Berlin Wall fell. I remember being in the hospital when the Berlin Wall fell. And and I basically just recovered. It took me two years to recover. And I just right. recovered from years of that when one beautiful Sunday afternoon I was doing my homeworks and suddenly... These jets, you cannot, when it's so insane, when army jets fly over your head to kill you, it's the noise that it's seriously the noise of a, I don't know, a devil. Like you, you can't imagine what it is. Right. And then the air raid started and we ran into the basement. We really didn't expect this. This came for us out of the blue. And I had a very tough time. I was sitting in that basement in, in a, you know, blackout for like, I think we sat there for six hours. And my whole body was shivering from fear. These jets were flying. Thankfully, we weren't bombarded. But right. just waiting for that to happen was... I, I can't, I mean, I can't even imagine, right? And, and I was in there and I can't imagine what it's like when the bombs start flying around. This is why when I see a war somewhere, my first thought is the children who are sitting in some basements and shivering. And it's like, just let's not do this. Right. It's not worth anything. It's seriously not worth it. Right. But anyway, and at that stage, my dad had already moved to Vienna. My parents separated and he's been in Vienna for a few years. So the moment their air raid let us out of the basements, my mom and I decided we'll just pack the essentials and just go. And we thought it's going to be for a few days. And it turned out to be for 21 years. Right. <laughs> it turned out to be for forever. So so we moved to Vienna. We came to Vienna. We didn't move. We thought I had one little bag. We thought we're here for a few days. And then days rolled into weeks. And my parents said, you lost a year because of your back surgery. You have to go to school. And this is how I started school in Vienna. Now, my dad still wanted me to go back after I finished high school to Croatia and go to the art academy. Like he was just, this was what I was doing in his mind. In my mind, I decided that, (laughs) it's so funny. I decided I don't want to be a poor artist like my parents. And I said this to my mom and she always reminded me of that. (laughs) I'm like, you know, this is all cute and wonderful and you are awesome and have this amazing intellectual and creative friends and like everything's great. But so often we have to scrap to pay for bills, you know, the money's coming sporadically. and, And I decided to go into marketing. I I started studying uh, marketing management and did my MBA. And I dreamt of becoming the CEO of Disney Studios. That was my dream job. 
I love it. I love it. Shoot for the stars, right? I'm like, well. I'm like totally. I was like totally <laughs> the CEO of Disney Studios. And um, I started to finance my MBA. I started working at the creation mission to United Nations in Vienna, which was super exciting because, you know, the country just became a country. So it was a very interesting time to join a diplomatic mission when we were just getting positioned with United Nations and OSCE on all, all these international organizations. That was beautiful. I thought I will stay there for uh, just a little bit to gather the money to pay my MBA. But then I loved the job so much. I stayed for four years. Okay. And then I got my MBA. And, you know, how do you go towards <laughs> Disney Studios? <laughs> <laughs> I had a, I hired a, or I found a headhunter and he put me into this quite awesome job at Mobile Commotion, which was a mobile network. And remember, this is early mid '90s, so right. mobile phones just started, and it was super exciting again because it was this startup in a way. It was a new technology, right? And back then, mobile networks were literally money printing machines. Like we had such an amazing time working there because we would go to conferences all around the world, and you know, stay at the best hotels, and they would we would fly around Europe for meetings. It was. It was fun. It was great. Exciting, and right? Exciting. Very to exciting. Be, to be a part of something new and upcoming yes. is super, like, yeah. It was. It was. I had a boss whom I had to kick out of my hotel room at one point. Oh, not good. Also another another podcast. So I switched. <laughs> I know. There's a lot of another podcast in here, there's right? There's a lot. My life is full of podcasts, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is why I became a writer. <laughs> right. And then I switched to a new department. Mobilecom at that stage just bought like six other little companies in Eastern Europe, including Croatia and Slovenia and all ex-Yugoslavian countries and had this like a, um, international department that's coordinating, that was supposed to coordinate these uh, six or eight different companies. And I started working there in strategic market planning. And again, I loved it. This was, I, I loved, I loved the work because it was a helicopter view of the six different countries. And I, somehow through my life, I, there's always this topic of intercultural, like different cultures, like translating one culture to, for the other or to the other. And it was amazing for me to have such a good overview of each different market and each country and each company and decide together with them which products and services which we should implement and how in each market. That was it I loved I loved doing that. That was super fun. But I had a boss there who I was never good enough for him. I don't know what oh. I never I spoke to my colleagues very often about that and they're like, what what's his problem with you? I'm and I no idea. Like I was never good enough for him. Whatever right. I did was not, I just didn't, I wasn't his cup of tea. Right. Can you tell us how old were you then? Because that's also like, you've been through a lot. Now you're, you're young. So you probably were in I'm your early thirties. I'm early thirties. Or okay. late, late twenties, um, late, late twenties. Yeah. So you had a boss that was inappropriate, yeah, which you had it, to handle and then you I changed did. divisions. And then you have another yeah. boss that's now like really hard on yes, you. Yes. Yes. And I'm in my mid or late, I'm in my late twenties at this stage. Okay. And then parallel to this happening, I, one winter I had this big, big flu when I was stuck at home. 
and couldn't go to work. And I had I lived in a very fun new apartment building full of small apartments, so mostly young and single people. And I had this group, we all became friends. We're still friends. Like my my next door neighbor was my best man on my wedding, and he's oh, like that. my my like my brother now. Um, so we all became friends and we were young and fun and, you know, we had some crazy stories happening in that house. <laughs> so we, I, I was sick at home and we had breakfast and we started reminiscing, like remembering the stories and it was shortly before Christmas. And when they left, I thought, you know, it would be cute if I made little booklets about our, with write our stories down and put our pictures there. So right. that was while I was homesick, that became my project. And I started doing that. And I so clearly remember, I, I love fountain pens. I always write with fountain pens. I so clearly remember the first letter I wrote with my fountain pen. Like I still remember the oh, black shimmer that. of ink. It's crazy. And I started writing by hand, thinking it's going to be just a little thing. And I couldn't stop. It was just, it was it's pouring so, out of you. Tr- it was pouring out of me. So what was that word? I'm going to pause you. What was that word? Uh, I don't remember. I think the letter was J. J. Okay. Right. Right. <laughs> I don't remember the word. Use the right, but you remember the way it flowed and how yeah. your hands felt and how it was felt in your mind and your body. And you just kept I going. I love I that. I just kept going. And then I went back to work and now this project took over. So every evening I would come home and sit down, uh, make myself dinner, sit down, have a nice glass of something to drink and start writing, sit down on my computer. And I started writing weekends and, and, and evenings. And I've never been happier in my life. I I have, I, when I used to dance, I used to dance ballet when I was on the stage that made me as happy, I think maybe, but this was just the ultimate bliss for me. This discovery of sitting down with me, myself and my brain and my, and these words that are becoming like, I don't know, I'm missing a word now, becoming like a body that's growing, becoming something. Yeah. And I had tremendous fun doing that. So I'm going to, I'm going to pause you really quickly. So when you got into this, when you were sitting there writing, yeah. did you lose track of time? Was it one yes. of those that, yes. yeah, and that's no, I nothing love. mattered. Like nothing, nothing existed. It was me and this thing. And it, it and I was just in bliss, like nothing right. mattered. My friends started complaining. They're like, you don't want to go out. You don't want to party right. anymore. Where are you? What are you doing? I'm like sitting at home. And, um, parallel to this, I was getting more and more frustrated at my job and I noticed I was getting more more and more depressed about that whole thing. I can't remember if the book was already finished at that, but basically my writing turned into a book. I didn't, without noticing, it was like a manuscript of 500 pages or something. Oh my gosh, oh, yes. wow. And I made those little booklets and gave, gave them to my friends as... Um, was a present and they were such a success with them and with all my other friends everybody who read it was like you you need to get this published this is so amazing and they would ping me every now and then and be like are you publishing this but I for myself I felt like it was just an outburst like I just did this and it felt a little bit like shedding skin and I just did this and put it in my drawer and forgot about it okay and the job was getting more and more frustrating and um I remember reading, reading somewhere about burnout 
And I was reading this article and I'm like, oh my God, this is what I'm going through. I didn't even realize that this is a thing or that, that you know, this, all these symptoms and feelings is what I'm going through. So I emailed the person who wrote this, this, this article and I said, this and this is how I feel currently. What do you think I'm burning out? And he said, I think you're in early stages of burnout. You should do something now. Um, either get into therapy and get support or change jobs. Okay. And I started looking for jobs. I thought I, having discovered writing, I thought I should become more creative and thought advertising would be a logical step for marketing to become, you know, right. more creative. So I started looking for jobs in advertising. We had a meeting. I was, it's, I had, this is a complicated story, but I was the marketing head for a very, very complex technological uh project which yep. and there was a head there was like a tech guy with me and I was the marketing person and and it was so complex that we he had to be hired he was a consultant nobody in our off company was dealing with these things it was converging mobile networks into um fixed networks and these things like blow you <laughs> right right like, right right and for some reason, we were supposed to present to our CEO and CTO where the project's at. And he canceled. He couldn't come. And I had to present his part. And I remember how nervous I was. It was just right. like, oh, my God, how am I going to do this? But I did. Like, I, you know, I took his, his PowerPoints and I'm quickly... So I went to the CEO. It was my first meeting with our CEO. You know, it's like these big guys in the company and I'm sitting there. And I just, and I remember I took out the pages where that were like Chinese to me. I understood right, right. zero. And I'm like, <laughs> I'll just skip this PowerPoint. It's like, I'm not doing, I'm not even going there. So I went in there, my boss was there and I had this presentation. I left and my boss stayed with them. And it's funny, the secretary, the CEO's secretary came over to my room and she's like, I just wanted to, you to know that they are so full of praise for you and compliments. And they were very surprised that you knew all these technological things so well. Like they can't stop talking about you. That's amazing. And I was like, yes, you know, that was amazing. And then my bo boss walks in and says, yeah, this went well. And I said, yes, this went well. I hope you now finally understand that I'm, you know, I can do this. And he's like, I still think you're not good. <gasps> and I went home and wrote my resignation. I went home and I'm like, okay, I'm good done. For you. I'm burning out in this. I need to change. I'm, you know, and I'm just, I can't change this guy. I already no, switched departments yeah. because of one dude. I'm not like, I'm done. I'm done with this. I love this job as such, but. Like, I'm just done with this nonsense. So I went home and sat down and wrote a resignation. Good for you because he it was his issue. It had nothing yeah, to do with was, you. And you know that he obviously was insecure and had some, um, you know, underlining issues. So good yeah. for you that you stood up for yourself and did that. I did. And now, now comes the funny part when I'm like, okay, now I'm getting into advertising. So I applied. I, I was going through, you know, job ads and I saw Ogilvy, the big advertising agency, was looking for a junior creator. Uh, copywriter and I thought oh you know like I, let me try this so I applied for that and the HR lady invited me for the interview and she sat down with me and she's like 
was this a joke <laughs> because of my MBA and because my, I've worked at the other jobs. I've worked in the diplomacy for four years and in right. this other job for seven years. And it, I had this big resume and I'm like, no, it's not a joke. I'm willing. I want to change into something creative. So I thought I'll start from, you know, the basics. And she's like, I'm not doing this. I'm not giving you this job, but I really want you here. So she gave me an account, a great account. I became an account manager in that agency. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. But to my big, big, big surprise, it, it's crazy. That that job, being an account manager in an advertising agency was less creative than working in marketing in my mobile network company. You know, that, that surprise, that, that was because the creatives are doing all the creative. And, and you're, you as the managing. account manager... You're you are just mad. You have absolutely. I really felt more creative in, and fulfilled in my last job. So I'm. I was doing this job for two years, and in the meantime, my friends are like, "What's happening with the manuscript?" You know, <laughs> and then I, I had no idea about publishing or writing or anything. So I, I ordered from America. I ordered this big, big writer's handbook, like this big book that tells you how to get published. Right. And if something can put you down as a writer, that's it. Like, it's like no way in the world you're going to get published. You have to write like 5 million letters right. to first find an agent. And then if you find an agent, then you have to, you need a book proposal and this and that. And it's describing this whole process. And I thought, okay, I got myself ready for this. And I lived in Austria at that time, but I thought Croatia would be a safe place for me to publish this because I, you know, because it's a different country. And if anything goes wrong, like, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> so I printed out a list of Croatian publishing companies, starting with the top publisher and going down. And I thought, okay, so I'll send it, I'll start from the top and just go down, you know, and then maybe somebody towards the bottom will publish the book. And I send them the manuscript. And few days later, my phone rings and I'll never forget this moment. I picked up my phone and this is the publishing company. And they're like, we love this. We want to publish it. And that was the first one? The first one. Oh my God. Amazing. How many years prior did you write it? And were you sitting on it? I think, I, I think two years. Two years. I had, okay. Yeah. It must've been two years at least. Okay. That was insane. Like that was just like. Yeah. So you were like, oh my gosh. Okay. I, I didn't. Oh my gosh. What's going on? What is happening? And so now we are, so now I'm in and we're preparing the book for, for publishing and everything. And the, and, and, and my job in, in, in advertising is becoming more and more draining because it's just, again, it's the worst job. Like I moved to something that's even less interesting to right. stimulate myself and avoid burnout. And one Monday morning, it, it took me a lot of courage to tell this story, but I, I, one Monday morning I drove to work and I started crying and I just couldn't stop. It, I, I had a, like a complete breakdown. Yeah. I cried. I cried for three days. I cried nonstop for three days. I went Aww. to see my, I went to see my family doctor and I said, you need to give me, put me on a sick leave because I can't, I, I just can't, can't stop. stop crying. But that, so you basically, your but your body kept telling you, giving you signs. And this is what I, I love about yes. this, this podcast that I'm doing and talking to each person that I talk to because time and time again, yes. people have been in the, your situation and it's their body that just is like, I am not letting you go any further. 
And not only body, but I now I've learned once you have these depressive th- thoughts, like I already had suicidal thoughts. I was like, what, you know, if I open this window and jump out, right? like what's the bad thing? I, I wasn't like actively, but I was like, you know, what's, what's the use of all of this? I completely lost the joy in my life, like everything. And partially I'm blaming it on writing because, you know, partially I've discovered this thing that's so fulfilling, but that wasn't what I was doing full time. So, so now the, the part that wasn't fulfilling, I think was even worse. It was even harder to handle, you know? Yeah. And he said, you're depressed, you need antidepressants. And I didn't want antidepressants. I had no clue about antidepressants. But I tried to explain, what I felt is that I'm tired. I just, and I told him this, I said, I'm just exhausted. Like I'm mentally and physically exhausted. I need time to to recuperate and, and, and find my energy again. I, I'm not depressed as such. I just didn't feel that it was the right thing. And he sent me to a psychologist or psychiatrist who, again, said, you're depressed, you need antidepressants. Right. And I asked her if I start, I said, but look, something's obviously wrong in my life. Something's not working well. And if I don't change that, but start taking medication, what happens then? You're just putting a Band-Aid on it. You're just putting a Band-Aid on it. Exactly. And I asked her, how do I, if I'm taking medication to make me feel better, how do I ever get off of them and she didn't have an answer and when she didn't have an answer I was like oh forget no. it no but that's good even... that you questioned it's so good and that's the other thing yeah. is I, I, the message in that I always say and this is what I teach my kids all the time you have to know in your gut and you have to question your everything gut. listen your gut. to your mm. listen to your gut because it's yes. so true and I love that you asked her that question okay well I don't want to be on these all the time but there's something obviously in my external life that's happening and so you were in tuned enough with your own self to be able to ask that there's so many people, so many women that are not, that just take the happy pill because that's what they're told to do and they go through life. That's why I created this podcast. That's why I created the workshop that I have, which is your next stop, helping people find their creative passion and turn it into a money-making business because you really can do it. You just need the right tools. So I love that you innately were able to do that yourself. Stay tuned for a quick message from my sponsor. Hi, my name is Shari Hodes, and I'm the president of Aura Limited, a proud all-women-owned brand marketing and global sourcing agency. Simply put, we provide fashion-forward swag for any and all of your branding needs. Please visit us at www.auralimitedspelledout.com. You know, this burnout for me was one of the biggest blessings I ever had. Right. And maybe I'm very proud of myself exactly for that, that I faced it, and I... I, I, I solved it with myself and not with external help. And I realized I'm burning out because something's not right. right. Let's figure out what's not right and let's change that. And I decided for myself, um, they put me on a sick leave. And this is Europe. You're allowed to go on sick leave as long as you need it. Like I was, but after I was on sick leave for two months and then I had to go, my boss was you know, like, are you coming back? What's going on? And it took a lot of guts, endless guts. And thanks to my mom, who was super supportive. My dad is like, you can't do this. You invested so much money and time into your career. You're used to your quality of life. My mom is like, just send them to hell. Right. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. I resigned. And I decided, because at this stage, the book was about to be published. 
And I, at home, I started writing little articles or essays that I, I even didn't know what they were. I'm not like I wasn't trained as a journalist or an author, so I I was writing these things about I don't know social media and generally women and media and stuff. And I thought there was I wrote them in English, and there is one newspaper in Korea, in Austria that's published in English, and I sent them to the the editor. And said, like, here are some I, samples of my writing. Maybe we could talk about me. Maybe f writing something for you guys. Yeah. Same thing. She writes me back like ten minutes later, and she's like, "I love this so much. I want to publish it in the next issue." So you you realized you had a very like but all of a sudden, is, it, yeah. You were like, "I yeah. have a goal." Yes. So what I what really matters to me for you and your listeners is that once I collected this courage to. A, recognize that something was wrong and that what I was living was not who I was and collected the courage to say no to that without even having a very concrete thing in my mind. I was just like, I'll try this something, you yes. know? Once I did that, the universe really reacted. I hate being so kitschy and spiritual, but, you know, suddenly no, I love that. Every, it's so true. every door I knocked on with my writing, everybody was just like, awesome bring it on yes. so so to cut the long story short i i published that book it was called from barbie to vibrator <laughs> it <laughs> was short it. you know short stories like short coming of age stories for young women and started writing for these amazing newspapers and magazines in throughout whole europe like one of the biggest accomplishments is the Zeit in germany which is like new yorker in america once you're published in the Zeit, you're you're made and this all just started happening within months you know oh just, i love that the as you said the universe opened up the and universe was like, just opened you up you are here and so that yeah is, that is the thing uh, time and time again i interview people and again they say that there's like i was stuck i was stuck i was stuck and then when i made the choice that i knew i always wanted yes. to do but i was scared but i did it then the universe, the universe reacts and then I wrote I wrote an article during the crisis in 2017 when we were like capitalism is you know dead what do we do now communism didn't work I wrote an article a huge essay for this Austrian newspaper about my childhood in Yugoslavia which was a mix of capitalism and communism and that got such an amazing feedback so many readers emails that my publisher was, was like turn this into a book and here comes the second book and then i wrote the book proposal and i thought i need to earn money somehow like now right, I, right. I need to so i applied I, I looked at all the grants that were out there and i applied for the next grant and i remember this is such a cute story showing my publisher the grant application which is the austrian national grant for authors it's the biggest grant in austria it's given by the austrian um ministry of culture and my publisher started laughing it was very cute he's like i'm so sorry i'm laughing but it's so obvious that you're like from a different place like from you are not a professional <laughs> like you know author and grand writer and this is so different and cute he's like this and you are aware that this is the biggest grant in austria it gives you I, they pay you a year of your life to write a book wow 
And he's like, you need to have won so many different small grants before they even consider you for this. But he's like, just send it in. Oh, my gosh. And that year, a few months later, my birthday, I go to my mailbox. I leave the house and check my mailbox and open it. And here's the grant. And this oh, is how my, my second book happened. Okay, so and, and I am getting... No, I'm rushing through. No, I'm rushing no, through. No, don't rush through. <laughs> I am, I, don't rush through. I actually, I just got like very, teary. I got emotional because that is amazing. It, you, it was amazing. You're like, I don't care that this is how everyone else has done it. I'm going to do something different because I believe in myself and you worked yeah. hard in believing in yourself, but that is what you did. And you sh like you shot for the stars, you passed the stars, you got to the moon and it, and again, the universe spoke to you. Oh my gosh. I love that. Okay. So it was, it's insane. And then this book, so now I have money to write my book in peace for a year. And then other things just start opening up. And I, I told you, I mentioned, I used to do ballet a lot and I used to practice New York City ballet workout at home when I couldn't make it to the class. And at one point, my mom said, why don't you get in, uh, certified as an instructor to start teaching that? So I applied to New York City ballet and thinking because of my back and my back surgery, I have a road in my back. I'm not a professional ballerina anymore, you know. And they and they said yes. <laughs> <laughs> so here I have this grant for a year of my life, and I'm flying to New York to fulfill my dream and like take classes and get in get certified right. in New York City ballet. You know, like things were just that's amazing, so amazing. And long story short, this is how I met my husband, and. I've like half a year later moved to Los Angeles and two years later we get married and we have this beautiful son and we and oh my god that's amazing the whole life like the whole life just blossomed and how many years ago was that that you went to New York that was 2010 so 10 years ago oh my gosh so th again that is like yeah so amazing so what is your second book called that's Tito land. It's called Tito land because the president of Yugoslavia was called, was called Tito. And it's about, it's called Tito land, my more equal childhood. It's, it was all about this equality that, you know, from your perspective, I love that. And now is your husband, is he American? My husband is American. He's also a book author and a screenwriter. And you know, and you live now, you're in the United we States. We are in Seattle. Yeah, we were in Los Angeles for eight years. We've been in Seattle for three years. We're moving back to Vienna this summer. We are very excited about that. Oh, that's amazing. And how <laughs> yeah. old's your son? He's six. Oh, I love and that. And he's also a little artist. He is so creative. You cannot imagine. My dad is already thinking of uh, organizing him a little exhibition in Croatia. He's <laughs> like, these things that this child is creating are incredible. Oh, isn't that so, so blessing? And so it's, it's beautiful. And so, so do you have any other, or is that, so you did two books? Is there another book? I, I did. I, I wrote a book about my burnout, which kind of. Smart. It's Craig. Which was crazy. I wrote it in Croatian for the Croatian market. They didn't want it. And then my Austrian publisher is like, I want it translated. But then life happened. And this, again, another podcast. We had so many cancer battles in our family. Oh, I'm sorry. I lost a lot of time with that. But um, that book is waiting I'm thinking of just translating it into English and, and making an audio, like a podcast uh, out of it, yeah. because it's this story, basically, you know, as a book. Which is an amazing um, story. And so then... I think so. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about your podcast. When did you start that? When uh, After one of these cancer battles, my mom was diagnosed in 2016 with stage four lung cancer. And my mom and I were just the best friends, sisters and everything in the universe. And... 
she passed away just six weeks after her diagnosis. Oh, like this was just sorry. Oh, that's devastating. It, it was. It was. It was insane. It was. It was. Insane. Were you already married? Yes, I was already married. So did she Kai get... was two years old. Okay. She did. She, she did. did. She came, when Kai was born, she came to Los Angeles to help out. And that's the best thing she could have ever given me right. in the universe. She was there for four months to help. And when my husband went into chemo, when Kai was six months old, she came back. Because that was four years of pure hell with a little baby. And, oh my gosh. Now, is you your know, husband, is he? He's fine. I'm knocking on wood. He's, it's been five years. He's, he had oh. his five year clear and yeah. But anyway, so my mom passes away and at one point I had this horrible anxiety that I was going to forget everything she told me and told me. It started with, what did she tell me? Right. So I started writing this down and, and that started turning into lessons she taught me. And that started turning into a book about the lessons. And that started turning into her biography because of her amazing life. Right. Like telling her biography through her lessons and telling women about this. I was surprised that we actually never think about what did I learn from my mom? What did my mom teach me? Right. And I thought this would be an amazing podcast. So this is how Thank You Mama was born. And my immediately from the beginning, the idea was to interview women from all around the world. I have women from Tanzania to Nepal to United States to France, like whatever. I have... 50 countries at this stage. That's amazing. And women from all different walks of life and different professions and different backgrounds. And it's it's yet another passion project that's I, I'm just madly in love with it. And I think it's going to become a beautiful book. Yes. Well, it's also so, and you're reliving your mom. Like that's what's so beautiful. I and I, yes, I'm very close with yeah. my mom. So I I, you know, I, I my heart stopped for a second because I know I just I can't imagine. Uh, having to go yeah. through that that's you know yeah. and I know so many people do but it's still just it's oh when, you can't you're not prepared for that it's ever just, right no and it doesn't matter no. how old your parents are and no whatever um but no. the fact that you are dedicating and doing a book about that is amazing and then the podcast came like you know she's looking down and saying there's my girl right Yes. And I'm so excited because so many friends and people who not, knew her in Croatia write to me now and they're like, oh my God, I'm sure she's so proud of you. And that always makes me so happy. Yes. They, everybody knows that this is something she would have loved. Okay. So yeah. tell, yeah, I love that. Tell uh, my listeners where people, and I'm totally like all choked up now, where um, uh, my <laughs> listeners can find you. And uh, uh, look at, you know, check out your podcast. You know, you should, you should put a link because my name is spelled in the oh, craziest I, way well, in the world. Gonna, so you're going to spell it, but then I'm also yeah, going to put it I'll in the show it. So it's tighter.com, which is T-A-J-D-E-R.com. But the podcast is called Thank You Mama. And I'm lucky to be the only Thank You Mama podcast. So if you Google Thank You Mama podcast, you will find a podcast in me. And Isn't yeah, that so interesting that it's, it's only there. one? Right? It's so interesting. It's very, very, very interesting. I immediately trademarked it. I'm like, no, I'm keeping this. <laughs> this is I, I'm, I'm actually like, I'm, I'm surprised because when I started my podcast, you know, the names, you come up with names and then you look and you're like, oh, there's something there. Oh, there's something there. There's, mm. Oh, there's something there. So the mm. fact that, thank you, mama, which <laughs> seems like. It seems is, so easy. Do you have a minute for me to tell you about the, the, the yes, name? Yes, please. Yeah. So I was trying, I came up with this whole bunch of names and then I asked so many women and they chose, pick, picked one, which was Mama Said. 
And everybody just loved Mama Said. Mama Said was the name for everybody, but it just wouldn't sit with me. And I already, and I was like, okay, everybody wants this. I created the the art and everything. And one night I'm like, this, it's not sitting with me. And then I, in the morning, I went to Kai, who was five then. And I said, Kai, look, this is the podcast. These are three names that I like. What, which one would you pick? And he said, thank you, Mama. Oh. And I said, why? Why is why do you like that one? And he said, because it has emotion. And I'm like, this is it. I don't care what any grown up says in this world. This podcast is called Thank You. And Mama. what a beautiful thing for your child to say that. And you yeah. know, it's funny when I started my podcast, my kids came up. So my podcast was originally called Next Stop Crazy Town. And Cra- I remember that. Yes. Yeah. And Crazy Town is very endearing to me. I'm going to ask you what Crazy Town means to you in a second, but Crazy Town is very endearing to me. It's my energy. It's my kids. It's my dogs. It's my husband. It's everything that just is life, right? Life with energy. It's energy. Crazy yeah. Town and energy is what. And, and so when we were coming up with names, when I first started it, it was my son that said, mom, what about next stop crazy town? And I was like, done. Cause it's also awesome. something that you came up with and it's like, you know, so endearing. Yeah. and it's not, it's, it's not gone away. My podcast now is your next stop. Cause it just speaks mm. to what I'm doing now, It does. but my does. season one is next stop crazy town and it will yeah. always be, you know, endearing yeah. to me. So I love, I love that. And I love that. And I love your mm-hmm. story. And I definitely want to have you back on to, to, to share more because you have lived a life and you have done, oh. <laughs> you really have, you really lived I've a lived life. five lives. I think I seriously, sometimes I feel like I'm 80. I'm just like, whoa, <laughs> you really have. But the thing that I just love that we kept coming back is that you really listened to your gut. It might've taken you a little while, you too. but you did. And then you did this and look what happened when you followed what you were. So it's, and again, some people say universe, some say people say God, but God's gifts that he gave you, he was speaking to you, like, right. Giving you a little universe of speaking Mm. to you again, whatever you want to say. But once you listened and then were able to do that, Mm. it Mm. was such a beautiful thing because it was like, okay, now this is what I'm meant to do. You know, before I go to bed, I, I pray every night. I'm a very faithful person. I wouldn't say I'm a religious person, but I'm a very faithful person. And I, when I pray, I always say, God, keep speaking my, you know, what, how you made me keep whispering those in my ear, because I will then Mm. share them with the world and I will help someone because of the God given gifts that you gave Mm. me. And I know I have some really good ones and I have some important ones that I know I can help other people. This podcast is one of them because I know I can help people realize they have talents. They don't have to be stuck in their life. You have one life do what makes you happy. Don't do. And as you, and, and you, and you're with your husband and then your mom, you saw, I mean, you saw like those things, oh, you know, my dad had, my, my dad went through two cancer, cancer diagnosis. My mom went through two. My husband went through two. My both grandmothers died of cancer. Oh my gosh. You only have one life and it's short and you, you really, the only thing you need to do is find what fulfills you with positivity. I think that's, Nick and I talk about it a lot. He's like, I want to create this big thing. And I'm like, you know what? If you manage to be a happy person and thus make the people around you happy, I think that's a fulfilled life. And I've learned that from my mom passing away because when she passed away, nobody was talking about, oh, these beautiful paintings she made or this movie or that movie. Everybody, people I never met would write to me and be like, I miss meeting her on the street. I miss her smile. I miss the way she made me feel the, you know, this positive and, and, and that's, I think that's what really matters in life. It doesn't matter how big and how much money and how successful, what really matters is that you're happy. 
Yeah. And that, that because that radiates around you and then you make other people happy. And, and that's, but and another thing I wanted to stress for your listeners is, is risk having the courage. Yes. I, I really think, I think there's even a saying where like God, God, um, awards the courageous or something there's something like that yes. i really have a feeling it proved in my life then whenever i did gather the courage and did that thing that you know sometimes you failed but then you fail the worst thing that happens is a no thank you you know exactly but when it opens up it's like oh god right and if you don't try <laughs> you're not going to fail or succeed you won't no, you get, you get nothing, nothing. Nothing comes from nothing. Exactly. I love <laughs> nothing that. Nothing comes I love from that. nothing. So I'm going to ask you, what does crazy town mean to you? I just, you, when you said that I thought of my mom and of our life together and, and in the most positive way in this chaotic, she was, oh my God, she was so chaotic. Like there's time Beautiful. didn't exist for her and money didn't exist for her and stuff, but just, I don't know. I immediately thought of us biking through the town with our little dog on our, in, in the basket and making all this art at home and having friends over and cooking and burning cookies so that firemen had to come over <laughs> and just like that for me that for me is crazy town in the most beautiful fulfilled happy way i love that that's that that makes my heart full and so i just have to (laughs) say thank you so much for joining your next stop and sharing your incredible incredible story guys definitely check out thank you mama and anna and all of anna's books and writings um you are a special human and i just want to thank Thank you again for taking the time to join us at your next stop thank you so much for having me Guys, if you like what you hear, you know what to do. Rate, review, and share this podcast. We know, and I know, that Anna's story will definitely resonate with someone. Someone needs to hear it, and uh, we want you to go out and do that. So definitely listen to Anna's podcast. Go over and rate, review hers as well. And don't forget to check back in Monday and Wednesday with a new episode of Your Next Stop. Thank you, guys. I hope you liked this episode of Your Next Stop. Please subscribe to my channel, share with your friends, and join in each week. 